the Augustin Hosinga show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Agostino Zinga Show, episode number 691 with I, your boy, Agostino Zinga. This is the Agostino Zinga Show, episode number 691, coming at you live and direct from an undisclosed location, somewhere where you don't need to know where I am at, but I'm here, I'm alive, I'm queer, and I'm ready to rock. So I struggled to say queer because it wasn't it wasn't congruent, but I'm pulling it out. I'm here. I'm queer, and I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to R O C K. Big up everybody tuning in right now. Big up everybody locked in. I appreciate every single one of you out there who decides to cheer with me whenever I do decide to do these bloody podcasts and cheer with you guys. Today's a rare one because usually I like to pre-record these and then put them up later, but I'm doing these live. So if you listen to it after the fact and you hear some pauses and you hear some ums and you hear me pontificating and deliberating on things, don't be alarmed. I'm doing this in real time. And if you're watching this in real time, please excuse how zoomed in I am right now. I'm staring at you directly in your face. I'm right up in center, all right? I do apologize for how close I am to the camera, but I'm mixing things up. I'm messing around with stuff, messing about with with scenes and themes and all that malarkey and trying to get it all nice and good for when I make the ultimate rebrand and do what I need to do with the pod. But for now, we move. For now, we move. Anyway, how have I been? Fairly decent. I'm not going to lie. Fairly decent. Fairly decent. One thing that I've kind of been a little bit annoyed about, and I'm actually waiting. I'm actually waiting, patiently waiting for a reply and seeing Wagwan. But I have to say, something that I didn't think would annoy me does annoy me. You know what annoys me? People who don't reply back to comments. Especially like comments, you know, if you're a creative and you make stuff and I'm asking you a question, hey, when is this thing coming out? Hey, is this thing due to come out anytime soon? Will there be more? Will you have a restock? Blah, blah, blah. Just like very specific things about the things that you make. And more than likely, you don't get that many questions from people asking you about things that you make. Usually, especially if you're a woman, you're going to get guys thirsting over you in the chat. You might get guys thirsting over you in the comments. You might get guys trying to first hit you in the DMs. But very rarely are there some that are coming at you directly asking about the flipping... Um, what you call it about the flipping, you know, the work that you do, you know, the work that you do. Why don't people reply? I don't understand that. It's like a weird thing that happens in the creative scene where people are like too cool to reply. This is why I kind of have to give Virgil Abloh, RIP, all the respect and all the props because he was the first person. I think Virgil, similar to like Joe Rogan, he played a really good, he played a really important role in basically changing people's behavior. 
because I think before Virgil, the scene, especially fashion, was very much like, don't talk to me. If I'm the designer, I'm up here. You're down there. You're a peon if you're a customer or you're a fan. Um, I don't engage if you're not clouted up on something. Um, I don't follow back if you're not some big, you know, person in your own thing or you've got a bit of steam behind your name. I don't even reply to DMs. I don't even open DMs with people I don't know. It was that kind of very standoffish type of vibe then when Virgil came about he was fucking responding to every fucking comment responding to every DM that he could get a hold on he was double tapping fucking comments and love and shit and engaging and following everybody under the sun he even fucking followed me and I'm a bloody nobody so if Virgil at the pinnacle at the highest of creativity the highest level of output the highest level of expression in that field in numerous field can be safe and cool and answer some replies for you and say hey this belt is coming at this time these shoes haven't dropped yet but they're in flipping sampling stages these are going to go into production soon blah 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 the show is coming up in the July why can't these other fucking creatives who are nowhere near the level of Virgil nowhere near as busy as he was when he was alive can't be bothered to answer back questions i don't get it it absolutely gets on my nerves and usually i was the type of person right who would be really petty and hold grudges where if somebody did that to me i would most likely refuse to wear their clothes ever again refuse to support anything they did because i'm a hardcore fan I'm a fan fan. Like, when I like what you do, I'm going to rock you all the way. I'm going to buy your fucking tickets for your shows, even if I'm not going to go, just for support. I'm going to fucking buy your book. I'm going to buy your signed book. I'm going to buy your t-shirt, even if I'm not going to wear it. I'm, I'm a fan fan. So if you do something to piss me off, you've lost me forever. And I take it personally. I can't help but not take it personally. But I'm also a grown-up. And I have to understand that everyone's got their thing and maybe they don't see what you said and maybe you're not the center of the universe and your question, although I may think my question is unique and really important, maybe it's the 17 millionth time they've got that same question. I don't know what they're going through personally, blah, 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 blah. And in actuality, really, you know, crossing out brands and Xing off brands and say, I'm not going to fuck with this brand anymore because you have a bad interaction with the fucking founders or the owners like I did with Palace, right? One fucking bad interaction with the fucking Palace founders and I haven't worn that shit since, I don't know, 2010 or whenever it fucking launched the first year because I was wearing the first fucking t-shirts they actually released. Had one bad interaction with those guys and I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck you fucking wiggers. I'm not supporting you anymore. And I haven't worn that shit ever since. Which is really bad, really, because, you know, it's kind of petty, kind of ridiculous, really. They don't probably remember who I fucking am, don't even know who I am as a person. And here I am holding silly grudges. But I'm getting to that stage. I'm getting to that stage with this particular person who I'm speaking about. And it's really starting to grate me because I want the information because I clearly want to purchase the item. Yeah, I'm not getting a response. And I think I've posted a question twice now. And it's like, bruh. No one's talking to you that much on here. Do you know what I mean? Just respond to the flipping question. But you know what? Maybe some people don't check their mentions, whatever it may be. And I'm not going to go further to like email or DM. You can go spin on my dick. Do you know what I mean? That's not happening. So I'm just going to leave as it is. But I can't lie. It's starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> I can't fucking lie. I don't see how people do it. Especially nowadays. Like everyone's got their phone in their hands. Everyone's got access to email. Everyone's got access to social media. Everyone's got access to fucking whatever you got access to in the palm of your hand there's no excuse to not answer a question no excuse whatsoever none 
And if you don't like answering questions, make it very clear to your fans and say, hey guys, I don't answer questions. If you want your questions answered, please email me. Like maybe you need to create like a little barrier of entry so you don't get idiots kind of texting you all the time. Fair enough. But fucking hell, man. Don't just leave me out there in the lurch, in the fucking cold and not respond to what I'm saying. I want to buy something, man. God almighty. But anyway, maybe my money's not good. Maybe my money is no good. Talking about no good money... I was browsing Sky Sports. I thought, you know what? Let me check what I want from my beloved club, Man United. Let's see what the deal is. Have the takeover news been confirmed? Are we going to be sold anytime soon? Are we going to have some extra funds for players for the fucking, you know, transfer window coming up? Is that going to be happening anytime soon? That is what I'm wondering. And guess what happened when I checked Sky Sports? Guess what happened when I checked Sky Sports? Boom. I get this dummy, dumb news. Rusu seals Arsenal move after Man United exit. I don't care who Rusu is. Who's fucking watching women's football? Not me. Where's the news about Man United's takeover, mate? I don't want to see this lady on my fucking home screen. She's probably an amazing player, probably an amazing person, but I don't care. I want to know about flipping Man United takeover news and sell news. Are we going to get taken over? Is the sale going to go through? Will we get rid of the Glazers anytime soon? That's what I want to hear. Not see this blue-eyed assassin on my screen. She's probably amazing what she does. She could probably spin me in flipping knots, but I don't care. Never watching women's football. I haven't watched it in, in ever in my entire life. Not a single match in four. I don't care about this stuff. Why is it front news and centre in here? Why is it front and centre on Sky Sports News? Somebody tell me. Makes no sense. But then I scroll down and I see this extremely underwhelming fucking, you know, stale toast of the news. Mason Mount completes Man United Medical ahead of the £60 million move. This might be the most underwhelming transfer in Man United history. Maybe up there with when we signed fucking Michael Owen or some shit. This is horrendous. Or it could be good for him because he's not coming in expectation. But spending sixty million on Mason Mount is LOL worthy. LOL worthy to spend sixty million on fucking Mason Average Mount. This is ridiculous, especially a player on the decline. His best years or his best run of form is quite behind him. I think personally, is he better than what we have available? Probably not. But still, we then go and spend sixty million on this absolute donut. So I decided, you know what? Let me have a browse on my favorite Man United Twitter account, UTD Plug. Let's see what's happening on UTD Plug. Guess what? More Mason Mount news. This time, Eric Ten Hag stuff. Eric Ten Hag has been crucial in a Mason Mount deal. It was a perfect feeling. Mount wanted United. Ten Hag wanted a player with that kind of desire, so it's a perfect match. Ten Hag is sure that he's a perfect midfielder for his tactical idea. Guess what he wants? He wants runners. I'm so confused with Ten Hag. Ten Hag at Ajax was having players bopping the ball around, nice little triangles, combinations, one-twos. Now all of a sudden, I mean, Man United, all he bloody wants is runners. All he wants are bleep test assassins. All he wants are cross-training, cross-country fucking runners. Guys who can blitz a 5K and a 10K. I don't want that. I want to see good football. We want to see attractive football. We're not going to beat the likes of Man City, Liverpools, and all those likes of the fucking title playing running football. We're going to beat those guys by being the superior footballing side. Having technical players who can receive the ball in tight spaces, maneuver out tight spaces, pass the ball through lines, pass the ball over lines dribbles run whatever but not just running off the ball that's what we signed mason mount for just to run off the blood clot ball 
it's absolutely annoying. Um, and again, no more info really on there. Just more news about Mason Mount um, signing a contract until 2028. So basically, he's going to retire at Man United, basically, for lack of a better term. You, uh, you see pictures here of Mason Mount and his family out in Cheshire having a good old white time. You see more pictures here of Bruno Fernandes on holiday in Portugal posting all the first trap ticks and stuff made out of consider a second summer and then the funniest bit about it the funniest bit of news for me has been this type of news that we always get from united because we're the kings we're the kings and queens of being aware and on alert of a player look at this we actually need right I'm one of the people who doesn't think we need Mason Mount. I'm one of the fans out here who thinks we shouldn't be signing any players. We shouldn't be selling any players until the sale or the takeover of our club is complete. Until we get the Glazers out of this club and we get new ownership, we shouldn't sell or sign a player, in my opinion. Because what's the point of signing a player under one regime, only for a new regime to come in, not think he's, you know, think they're surplus a requirement, and have that player is on the bench, iced out, creating a bad mood, or taking up salary. Make Makes no sense but we digress the club wants to do what they want to do if you do want to then go sign players in my opinion we need six i might go as far as saying we need eight players eight first team in the squad players to compete with the people in the first team in my personal opinion and the number one position the number one position we need to look after guess what it is it's not striker in my opinion guess what it is defensive midfielder that's what it is. We need cover for Casemiro. Casemiro last season came in. A lot of people doubted him, myself included. Did he have the legs? Robertson don't sell good players, blah, blah, blah. And he proved us all wrong. Performed incredibly well when needed for the majority of the season. Definitely one of our better players that season, especially considering what happened, right? Cool, great. But we also saw how important he was to us. We relied too much on Casemiro. To the point where whenever Casemiro was suspended or injured, our team looked completely different without him. So, in my opinion, we need a backup for Casemiro. We need somebody to play backup for him when he's injured, when he's arrest, or when he never to be get suspended. We can't go into the next season just relying on Casemiro to play as a deep landing you know, defensive midfielder or having Scott McTominay or Fred fill in there. We can't do it. Those guys aren't cut for it. So go and sign a player. And who's a great player to sign at the moment out there? Obviously, the Declan Rices will be good, but he's obviously going to be out of our budget, out of our price range. And then we've got the likes of Sofian Amrabat over there at Flipping Fiorentina, right? The Moroccan G, right? The bald Moroccan assassin. He could be a good option. And look what the news is here, courtesy of United Plug. Man United would now be interested in hiring Sofian Amrabat. However, an offer has not been formalized yet. Of course it hasn't. This is briefings coming from the fucking Glazers to appease the fans like myself. They don't want to sign any players. They're just stringing us along. So they're saying, look, this player that you all rate, we're interested in him. We're looking. Like another one here. Uh, Sofian Amrabat is a player Man United are looking at and are aware of. We are aware of FC. That's what we are. We are aware of FC. We don't sign. We don't do anything. We're on high alert. We're aware of. We're taking a look at. We never sign and get this play over the, over the fucking line. And it's fucking annoying. I hate it. And instead, here we are resting on the news of flipping Mason Mount. And in the next bit of news at the top there, any more midfield signings would be dependent on sales. Well, duh. 
but we don't sell well. We don't buy well. We probably overpaid for Mason Mount by about 20 million. He had one year left on his contract at Chelsea and we paid him 60 for some dumb reason. He's also going to be on 225,000 a week or something. I've heard nutty, nutty. He wouldn't get that money at any other club in the country. No other club in the country would sign him for that much. But of course, United always do that. We always fucking back up the Brinks truck and fucking sign on an empty check for anybody. And it's absolutely frustrating. So no news on the Man United front of the takeover. I'm here pulling my hair, shouting into the wind, hoping things change. But will they? Probably not. Probably blood clot not. That's the real shocking, sad state of affairs. Nothing will change. I'll still be here sad and alone and frustrated because I am. I now flipping hate it. I really, really, really do hate it. But hey, what can we do? Next on the news here, I wanted to check out quickly. There's this particular clip that really interested me that popped up on one of my favorite accounts on Instagram, which is called Made You Think 101. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. Made You Think 101. Now, this particular guy, I forgot his name, something like HPDBSY or something, I forgot his actual name. But to me, he's kind of like our version. Well, not our version because Andrew Tate's from here also. But he's like a hood version, quote unquote, of Andrew Tate, this this mixed race guy, right? Um, he does kind of like, you know, he does content on Kick where he basically live streams himself going to Ibiza, picking up girls, talking about fucking, I don't know, crypto and Forex stuff. Loads of, loads of quasi scamming shit, loads of alpha for male nonsense but for the most part it's kind of harmless you know stuff you can put on if you want to have a shit in the giggles and stuff but he made this little clip this little interview was really interesting because he spoke about a cameraman who scammed him before right and it was really interesting to me to think about the psychology of a scammer like this like why would you decide to go for the short-term prize of scamming somebody that you're working with like that who's paying you a decent salary and also putting you up and paying for everything else why would you scam when really the long-term option of sitting down doing the job for that guy filming what it needs to be filmed for an hour for not for a year or two is a good way to go because you can stack your money and then decide to do your own thing why would you scam and try and steal in the beginning? It's really, really strange. But let me play the clip for you and then you can see what I mean about this scamming story. Let's load it up right now. Get it available. Boom. Can we call him out? What guy? Ty. Did you say, oh, Ty. Yeah. Well, oh, perfect. Let's perfect. call him out. Oh, yeah, call Ty out. Okay. So there was a guy who worked for Tell me. Tell him how we called, went to Thailand and everything. He's called Ty. Okay. And... He was my cameraman, and I was paying him four and a half K a month or something, which is a lot of money for a cameraman. He was doing nothing before this. Like he was dead broke. When I say dead broke, I mean zero. He's 50 like grand a year. 23, 24 years old. Yeah, and he, I gave him a good job. And it wasn't just that. It was free accommodation, free flights, free tables in clubs. So he was living a Around mad experience. Around goes, partying. He was living a mad experience. Yeah. The tables in the clubs. I'm doing fucking eight, nine grand a week just on clubs. So he's living a big lifestyle. He's, he's having fun. All right, he's got to hold the camera and get some content with, with the girls, but come on now. Anyway, a month or two went down the line. We went to Thailand uh, on a trip to Thailand together. And actually it ended up that he was, I had him, gave him another job where he could make even more money. So this is another opportunity I gave him because I thought I could trust him. And up until then, he'd not been disloyal to me at all. He then started messaging people off of my Telegram and taking payments to his private bank account instead of my bank account while living with us. And we didn't even... And we were paying for him in Thailand. We were paying for him, We yeah. were splitting it when it was him as well. We were in a, a three million pound villa. Yeah. And he was living in there. We were balling out in Thailand, spending a lot of money there. And he was just, yeah, living there for whatever, for free. 
And I found out he was doing that, and that was like a little sly move for him. All right, he stole six grand, but he lost, he paid me back, and he lost the opportunity. He's not working with me now, and now he's a bum. Didn't he sneak you as well with the, with the chicks? Oh, yeah. Let's call him out, fuck Mate, I was, in, I was in my fucking Mansory Urus with three chicks in the car, and the two in the back, they was like, oh, um, who's, th this isn't, this isn't your car, it's your friend's car, isn't it? And I went, I just, I remember, I like, what? She was like, yeah, like, he said that it's his car and his, it's all his watches and he lets you use it because you're a social media guy to get you more influence and stuff. Anyway, so you got the gist of the flipping clip, right? It's really surprising to me that this happens because in my opinion, most, more often than not, people like this guy um, usually aren't the greatest bosses, right? They sometimes don't pay on time. They sometimes won't follow through on their promises. They sometimes, you know, put, unex put unacceptable or unrealistic deadlines on you. But if you work with somebody like that, who for the most part is paying you on time, is giving you the opportunity that you need to do your things you need to do, why would you bother scamming? Even if you find the guy annoying, like imagine if you work for somebody, he pays you, the work experience is okay, but you just find him personally annoying and ag agitating. Fair enough. Just keep your head down, stack the money up after a year, and then bounce. The scamming thing along the way at the same time whilst working there is weird if you don't have an exit plan. That's what I'm saying. I would think maybe scamming that kind of guy and taking money on the side or doing whatever he's doing, driving his car, pretending it's yours, all that stuff is good if you're planning to leave. It's kind of like, okay, cool, I'm leaving and I'm going to fucking flip the table as I go. Cool. But oh, surely the long-term vision or the long-term idea of putting your head down, being a good employee, working well, and then leaving on good terms and having this guy as a reference or having that door still open and slightly ajar if ever you're like down bad on money or they need you to kind of cover something, you can be there and it's all good and it's all good vibes. That should be the right way to go about things, really, shouldn't it? But then I'm thinking to myself, actually, to be fair, not to be fair, but maybe to understand the scammer a little bit, maybe it's difficult if you're a cameraman and even though you're getting paid well, in comparison with the talent, you're like a peon. So maybe you're still getting paid where you're getting looked after, but you're seeing the amount of money, the amount of attention that this guy's getting, and it pales in comparison to anything you could do on your own. And maybe a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of inadequacy starts bubbling up underneath you, and you start feeling like, I deserve that, I need that as well. And then you start to get a little bit, you know, sticky with the fingers or something. Personally, I don't understand it. I don't think it makes any sense, especially when you consider the scale of what this guy's doing his thing at. He gets lots of people out there, you know, following his content, like what he does. You know, they find him entertaining and shit. You would imagine this is going to be content that's going to go on for a long time. This is going to be a job that you could do for flipping ages. You can essentially do this job as a cameraman and also do your own thing on a, on a side. You can maybe start vlogging like... um. Who's the guy? The guy that does the photography and the vlogs for Mike Thurston, who's like a bodybuilder guy, a UK guy who's really famous for, for bodybuilding and working out in, on, on YouTube. He's a vlogger and stuff and whatnot, has his own business. He has this camera guy that follows him around. And over time, because the camera guy was good and had good banter behind the camera, he then set up his own channel. And now he's got his own little side career on top of the stuff he does with the main talent. So you could basically use that platform that you have by, you know, following this person around to kind of leverage and to use it to kind of do your own thing. So it's very short sight of the person, whoever they were, to start nicking money and doing all the other weird stuff. But I would imagine... I'd imagine in that scene of influencers and whatever it may be, that's really common. 
I just got a feeling it's really common. People leave stuff around. They leave money around. You know, the codes to people's phones. You got bank cards. You put stuff on a company card. Like, I'm sure there's loads of scams and loads of little, you know, stuff happening in between people and groups and stuff. But maybe it's, you have to be a bit clever with it and not be so obvious. But I'm sure that happens often. I remember one time, actually, this one guy, like, bless him. This guy I used to work with at this old company. Um, that I actually lo- I actually left as well. Actually, yeah, the same. Well, a bit after he left, and because I did, I did some madness there too. But enough about me. But this guy one time, his workplace, this place he's work at, he unfortunately got fired because guess what? He was using the company card to buy his kids Happy Meals on the way home. It wasn't like he was broke or anything. He just wanted, didn't want to spend his own money. So I guess because he's oh sorry, that's a bit sorry. He was separated from his wife. So whenever he'd go pick up the kids, I don't know, three times a week, whatever it was, they'd always go to McDonald's. And obviously he'd go for a drive-thru and he'd just use the company card. He'd never use his own card. And I guess over time, those fucking McDonald's, you know, they added up over time and it became a little bit obvious and the money was a bit too much. And then he ended up getting fired off the back of that. Like, imagine that. Imagine getting fired because something like that. That is like, that's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? It's a little bit embarrassing. Little, little, little bit embarrassing that you get fired for using the company card to buy your kids Happy Meals. Because it just sounds like you're broke, really, when in actuality you're not. You're just doing it because you don't want to spend your own money. But then obviously, in the company's you know way, that looks like gross misconduct. Well, it doesn't look like it. It is gross misconduct. So, it get a bit sticky. It can get a bit sticky <laughs> but yeah big up that guy wherever he is man big up that guy wherever he is bless his cotton picking heart so moving on from that actually we've got this news courtesy of bbc i think i don't know who's been doing it but i think um what's it what's their name i think instagram deserve a lot of credit like whoever's responsible for instagram marketing those guys are definitely earning their money because i've seen more promo, more blood cart promo for this up and coming app they got, Freds, than I've seen for any other app. And it's not even launched yet. I've seen people promoing this app and saying it's available to kind of pre order or pre download. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know you could pre download apps ahead of its release date. But this is what's happening with Flipkin Instagram because I guess they're trying to take advantage with all the fucking bad sentiment out there that exists around flipping um, Twitter and stuff. They want to take advantage of it and strike while the iron's hot and basically show people, hey, we can do Twitter stuff too. So this is courtesy of BBC. It says, Fred's Instagram owner to launch a Twitter rival on Thursday. So if you're out there and you're looking to grab a good username or whatever, make sure you jump on this on Friday and get involved. So it says Facebook owner Meta is launching its rival app to Twitter and says it goes live on Thursday. The app, which is called Freds, is available to pre-order on the Apple App Store and will be linked to Instagram. Screen grabs show a dashboard that looks similar to Twitter. Meta describes Freds as a text-based conversation app. It kind of feels like to me... This is an extension of that horrible feature they've got on fucking Instagram on stories. I'd never check it on DM. Sorry. If you go to your DMs on Instagram at the top, there's like these little bubbles and it shows people that you're friends with and they post little captions. I don't know what the point of it is, to be fair. People just write like stupid little dear diary nonsense on there all the time. It's really, it's really obnoxious and annoying, but I think that's a fucking, 
uh, evolution of that because I think even though I don't use it, I think a lot of people do use that little status update thing on Instagram. So they probably saw the numbers, saw the gap in the market, thought, you know what? Let's strike while the iron's hot and got in there. Fair play. It continues. Last month, the pair agreed to a physical fight, though it's unclear. Oh, sorry. What's this? What are you talking about here? Okay, that's not what. Um, meanwhile, Twitter has said that the popular user dashboard TweetDeck will go behind a paywall in 30 days' time. The move is the latest push by Mrs. Musk to... What is this news about? Why are they giving me other news about the other thing? I want to think about Meta. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's go here. So, it appears from Meta's Threads app that it will be a free service and there will be no restriction on how many posts a user can see. Threads is where communities come together to discuss everything from topics you care about today to what will be trending tomorrow, the description on the app store says. Pictures show screen grabs from the app that look almost identical to Twitter. Let's see. Yeah, it does all, It does basically look identical to Twitter. Um, you basically got... Oh, that's how it's going to work. Interesting. So, effectively... You know, on your Instagram feed where you have pictures and videos, that square will just be your text. So you'll write your status update. So it'll be like a, a bigger version of a tweet. So it'll be like a square version of a tweet on your feed. And then the comments are the replies to that tweet, if you get what I mean. That's how it's going to basically work, which is quite interesting, to be fair. Um, but I wonder if they're going to end up merging them together and probably make the you know both apps living one app and then you have a tab you can flick between the, 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 the other two. That's a pretty interesting thing. But it'd be good to have it split. So it's just because as much as I enjoy Twitter, sometimes it is quite text. So it is quite picture, meme and video heavy. So it'd be quite nice to have an app that is just all text. That'd be pretty sick. All text and pictures, all text and video. Yeah, it'd be interesting, isn't it? So it, it, it? I wonder if it'll be all text and video. or So it'll be all text, or be text, video with with pictures, or be text and pictures only. I would personally prefer it if it just was all pictures. So all text, just to kind of differentiate from everything out there, because everything out there at the moment, every social media app, even the new one at the moment that everyone's running onto called Spill, that everyone on Twitter thought was black-owned and only for black people, and now the owner had to come out and say, no, guys, we're for everybody, right? And now the black people are getting angry in America. But even that app, you can still do memes and pictures. So it would be quite nice if there was an app that existed that was just straight-up text. But I'm sure they're not going to do that because, you know, they leave you a lot of money on the table if they don't do the fucking text and video stuff. So fair play. It continues. Threads will also hoover up data on your phone, including location data, purchases, and browsing history. We don't care about that. We give enough data. You know, everyone knows where everyone is at any time. Um, several apps that bear a striking resemblance to Twitter have sprung up in recent years, such as Donald Trump's so Truth Social and Mastodon. Another similar app called Blue Sky claimed to have seen record traffic after Mr. Musk moved to restrict usage on the weekend however threads could be the biggest threat to twitter to date mark zuckerberg has history of borrowing other people's ideas um meta's reels is widely known as a tiktok copy while stories look similar to snapchat meta has the resources to compete with twitter and threads will be part of the instagram platform so it'll be connected to millions of accounts and it's not starting from zero although mr musk has been praised on quarters blah, blah, blah. so let's see how that goes um Personally, I'm interested to see how this kind of pans out. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little bit in two minds because I have a feeling, I have a feeling, right, that there's a big group of people who don't use both apps because I know I don't. I use Twitter mostly. I don't really use Instagram like that. And if I do, I use it just to kind of push the stuff that I'm doing. I don't usually use it to kind of browse on or whatever it may be. So I don't really engage with it too tough like everyone else does. And there's some people who have 
Twitter accounts, but don't have Instagram accounts and vice versa. So we're just to see what happens. Will, the, will some of the Twitter people, you know, go over to Fred's? Will some of the Fred's people that weren't on Twitter... No, will some of the Instagram people that weren't on Twitter get on Fred's? Like, what will end up happening? I'm really curious to see how that kind of pans out. Obviously, I'm going to jump on it just to see what kind of, you know, what it looks like, how it kind of moves and whatnot, what the deal is. But I don't think it's going to be as big a success as people are making it out to be because I feel like people underestimate the niche that fucking Twitter appeals to and the kind of dominance it has in that little sector of the internet. It's going to be very difficult to kind of carve away at it. And anything, maybe Fred's will end up being a completely different app from Twitter anyway. It might not end, it, it might be the same on paper, but not actually the same in experience. We don't really know once it actually happens. So we have to kind of see when it happens. We have to see when that shit happens. But if you want to jump on it and grab your username, make sure you jump on there on Thursday, all right? Don't delay. Thursday, don't delay. Next on the list, I want to talk about this quickly. So, I'm sure most of you have seen all of these crazy flipping, you know, images of people in flipping concerts, right? Getting stuff thrown at them. I think the original one to talk about is pink, right? Uh, uh, cheese, right? On stage, I'm sure most of you guys have seen this stuff. Um, loads of artists nowadays, I'm not sure why, but it's become a thing where people are throwing stuff at people. I saw a clip of Lil Nas X performing recently and someone threw something at him. Um, I saw, obviously, there's a clip of, um, what's her name? Bebe Rexa. She unfortunately got some flipping stitches because some idiot decided to throw their phone directly at her face. Um, who else got thrown something? I forgot. Oh, and there was another artist too. There's some um, singer. I forgot who what her name is, but some guy came on stage and was dancing behind her and kind of attacked her and scratched her eye or something where she needed stitches and shit. Really, really, really crazy, right? Um, oh, listen to Baby Rexa um, stage phone, right? Somebody threw her phone at Baby Rexa also. I think you can see it here. She had to get fucking stitches in her eye. Look at that. Like absolutely gruesome stuff, right? That's happening. And in, and in general, everyone's wondering what's going on with people at live shows. Like, why can't people behave well? And obviously, the Rolling Stones put together a really decent article talking about it, which we're going to quickly dive on deep into. And I'm going to give you my impression on what's happening out there. So this courtesy of Rolling Stone. It said, why has everyone forgotten how to behave at concerts? It says, when a fan threw a phone at Bebe Rexa on stage last month, it was just one of the many bizarre and unsettling recent instances of misbehavior at concerts. Concert goers have pelted Glorilla with bottles, invaded Ava Max's stage, and forced Pink to become part of a stranger's grieving process by apparently tossing the ashes of her dead relative on stage. But those instances are just the most visible of a depressing trend. Particularly since the pandemic, people seem to have completely forgotten how to behave at shows. In the new episode of Rolling Stone Music Now, Thomas Mia and Britney Spears join the host Britney to discuss the rise in the bad behavior while also reminding themselves that crowds have always had been troubled to keep a hold of. To hear the whole discussion, click here. Else, an episode of the earlier call, whatever, we're not going to listen to the whole show. So, why I think this is happening? In my opinion, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that a lot of people that are going out nowadays are young. 
and they didn't have the experience of going out for like two and a half years during COVID. So a lot of people are young that are going out. And I think there is a real big difference in the experiences you have in concerts based on who you're going to see. If who you're going to see appeals to a very young crowd, be aware it's going to be fucking crazy. It's going to be like a rave. When really for me, when I was coming up and I was going to shows and started raving, shows were actually an opportunity to have like a chilled night out, to actually go and listen to some music, to go and vibe with a band, vibe with an artist. There wasn't a time to actually turn up like you would in the rave. You can kind of have a separate experience or a different experience. Whereas nowadays, I feel like the kids want to have the same experience they have in an EDM rave or whatever they listen to that they will have at a gig. So they go just as crazy for it. Obviously, as well, there's a part of me that also thinks, for some reason, I don't know why, but I feel like these kids also are a little bit more celebrity-obsessed. They really kind of fan out over people a lot more. So when they go to these places to go see their favourite artists, they're going to be going hysterical because they see them in person. He looked at him, she looked at her, whatever it may be, right? They get a little bit crazy over that regard and they don't know really how to act. And another part of it, I think also, in a weird way, I think, weirdly enough, the artists kind of encourage it. I think all artists basically out there kind of strive for or aim to have a standum. They want to have fanatical fans. For some reason, they all want fanatical fans that know way too much about their personal lives, that follow every movement that they do. And I think part of that, having, you know, the, 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 the kind of, the other side of a coin of having a really rambunctious fan base is that you're going to have some people who are going to overstep the mark who are going to do a bit too much because they feel like they know you, because they feel like they understand you. And that's where it kind of gets a little bit dicey, as Slippin' Brendan would say. That's the risk that they run, really and truly. And I think a lot of people in general just don't know how to behave at festivals, just don't know how to behave at live shows, don't know how to behave at concerts. There's no decorum. There's no, you know, there's no flipping manners, nothing. It's all just a complete fuckfest. Do what you want, go crazy, have a good time, and it is what it is, which is what's kind of led to this. And then a part of me also thinks, you know what? It also feels like a lot of this has to do with the rampant, rampant pandemic of everyone suffering from fucking main character syndrome i think there are so many people out there who have this idea in their head or who have this imagination that there are secret fucking you know keeping up with the kardashian level reality tv cameras following their every movement like they're the star of their own movie they're the star of their own tv show like the fucking truman show or something that's what their people walk around like so it's no surprise when they go to shows they feel like they should be involved they feel like they should have some stage time also it's kind of cringe but you see it often i had a really odd experience or you know just the other day coming back from flipping margate coming out of the station and this one guy was just like dilly dallying on the fucking turnstiles of the train ticket thing right where you put your tickets through he was just like talking to his friends like oh how do i do this with this ticket does this go there like you know all the, knowing that there's a whole train full of people coming behind him trying to get through the gates and here he is in the middle of the gates in front of the gates sorry dilly dallying and asking his friends how fucking train tickets work i'm like bruh like you do know there are people behind you trying to get through i had to say like excuse me twice in a very forceful tone like excuse me excuse me right in my fucking intimidating black boy tone excuse me 
it's Tyrone, right? Just to get his attention. And only then did he kind of turn around and be like, oh, and kind of walk to the side. But even then, he didn't acknowledge me, didn't say sorry, didn't say anything. He just kept on fucking talking. And I think everybody lives in this weird delusion that they're really important. Maybe I'm kind of contributing to it also because here I am speaking into a fucking USB mic and shouting about all my fucking thoughts and feelings to a fucking audience full of nobodies, right? So clearly, I'm obviously somebody that does the same thing. But I think there is an element of that main character syndrome that's seeping into shows where it's not enough to just see the person perform you also have to be performing you're clapping super loud you're singing aggressively loud you're doing your dumb fucking dances you know what i mean you're bringing i've heard people bringing fucking tambourines to live shows are you hearing that i've heard people go into fucking vampire weekend shows and bring in fucking tambourines going to an mgmt show and bring in some drums to fucking drum along to on the fucking song do you do you know how weird you have to be to do that some people think it's weird i don't personally because i love a good sing-along some people think it's weird to go to a show and sing along to your favorite track when your favorite band is performing right Okay, cool. Let's imagine that's weird. How weird is it to be for you to pack a fucking tambourine and go and ha-hum, 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 especially if you're white and you're doing it in like that weird offbeat way. Do you know how bizarre that is to do? Do you know how odd that is to do that? To go to a live show, pay your 50 pounds and go watch people perform, but then you also want to perform. Do you know how strange that is to do? That is absolutely insane. So I think there are so many elements of that connected to it that kind of lead to this, you know, this fucking epidemic, this fucking pandemic we're happening at the moment where people are throwing shit at fucking artists trying to do their fucking job out there. It's absolutely diabolical. And if you're on those people, you really need to give your head a wobble because it's not cute. It's not fair. I don't like it. And it's lame as hell. Anyway, moving on from that one. Let's move on to this unfortunate bit of sad news here. I wasn't really too familiar with this person, but I'm still going to give them the acknowledgement that they deserve because it's always sad to see somebody within the dance music scene, right, um, passing away. This is courtesy of Mixmag. It says California DJ Erica Kane has died. Um, it says here, there's a picture of DJ Erica Kane. It says here, Oakland-based DJ and producer and makeup artist Erica Kane has died. Erica Kane has revered for her mixing wizardry and the sets that often presented R&B, deep cuts and retro pop in a club-ready framework. Her ear for delving into the past to pull out overlooked gems and realise their potential on the dance floor made her endlessly exciting DJ who never adhered to general boundaries or trends. This is a really nice tribute, by the way. Whoever wrote this, you did a good job. She would produce many of her own mashups and blends, many of which you can hear on SoundCloud. Let's actually check this out because I've, I've, I haven't really heard of um, this DJ Erica before but yeah r.i.p erica kane let's actually see what this actually sounds like i'm actually curious to see what this sounds like um if it doesn't load on there i'll probably try and grab it up on my phone here where is it miss erica kane let's see what this sounds like yes du, 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 du. erica kane let's see what this sounds like because i'm really curious to see what the vibes are here with this R.I.P. to Erica Kane. So what we got here, we got um, let's let's go for the obvious one here. Let's go for the Miss Yellow mix.
And anyway, let's get back to the article. Big up Erica Kane. Our RIP gone too soon, to be honest. Um, actually, oh no, where's it gone? Is the news gone now? They take it down. What happened there? What happened there? What did they remove it? Did they take down the URL? What's happened here? Come on, son. Okay, cool. I guess they must have took it down. Let's see, Erica. Let's see if it loads up on here. Erica K. Was it K? Right, or that right? Is it Kane? Kane Mix Mag. Let's see if it loads up here. Let's see if it loads. Okay, cool. There's another one here. Maybe it's the same one. I don't know why it didn't load up. Maybe they deleted the episode. Maybe they might have deleted it. Let's see. Let's just write again. Then let's write Erica Kane. Come on, son. We're doing a little bit of a eulogy. Why wouldn't it let us flip and read the article here? Okay, it got. The, I guess it got deleted. But anyway, regardless, um, R.I.P. Um, Erica Kane really, really gone too soon from what I can see there. Definitely very, very talented. Um, and yeah, it's just sad to see people within my little small subculture, my little sub-industry, whatever it may be, passing away. It really, 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 really is. Um, you know, like it in any way, shape or form. So that is kind of troubling to kind of see that happening in the first place. Um, there's actually an article here, courtesy of RA, that I can maybe read, that can maybe give us some background as to maybe what occurred and what happened here to Erica Kane. Let's see if this loads up for me. Bear with me a second here. Oh, okay. They've all been taken down. I wonder why. All of the news articles around this person passing away have been taken down for some reason. I wonder what's happening. Huh. Is the person still alive or something? Is that why? I'm not too sure. Okay, well, let's read this article. Um, as your point about mixed mag, da, 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 in the past interview of Human Resources, Kane described her DJ style as schizophrenic, adding that she believed it was punk and radical due to the risks she took and her stylistic choices, emphasizing her multifaceted identity as trans, black and femme artists, stating that I have to make a declaration every time I play because I never be I never I could never be some DJ that plays one genre. Dub Lab spoke to Kane to Kane's um, fearless approach to genre and penchant for surprising audiences with unconventional and sometimes forgotten tracks in club co contexts showcasing her commitment to empowering femme anthems her incendiary edits mashups and fearless explorations of music history made her a highly respected figure in the electronic music scene Furthermore, DJ Erica Kane built an impressive resume with guest appearances on numerous radio stations, hosting residencies at Club Delirium on LA's Dub Lab, um, appearing in Bay Bay's Negra show, making multiple appearances on NTS, including Alima Lee's um, Reparations radio show, Rinse FM's part of Night Slugs, and Fate of Mind's Takeover, last year hosting the Takeover on Reform Radio. Artists and peers in the music industry were quick to pay tribute to Erica Kane on social media, illustrating the impact that she had on her on their lives so i'm not too sure what's going on while the articles are getting taken down but still r.i.p um erica kane if the news is wrong then obviously that's great to hear um but for now from what i've been able to see erica kane has passed away r.i.p to erica kane 
moving on from that we also have to say r.i.p unfortunately to palestinian dj and producer and curator odai masri aka uds unfortunately here courtesy of mixmag it says istanbul-based station root radio where masri was resident dj broke the news on friday sharing a tribute it's saying it's hard to find words to describe this our friend resident brother and one of the coolest closest people to root community um has left us today we were brought back we were we were our we were your backbone and we will always carry your fight rest well blessed beautiful soul Uds was a pivotal figure in Romala's um, dance music underground scene since 2006 and helmed the Harara Records which described itself as the first Palestinian electronic music record label and was based in Haifa Ramallah in Berlin he also co-founded Exist Festival which launched in Ramallah in 2019 as well as a showcase uh, for talents of Palestinian underground in his other in his own words the event takes advantage of the fertility of Palestinian counterculture and interjects some of the most brilliant sounds in Palestine and the worldwide scene. He was also one of the figures and the head of Interstation Radio Nard since 2015, having joined Ramiz, um, Ramzi Hasborn at the link up of, of the founder Lake Afbakand, who found the station at the year previously. Uz was also a producer with releases including 2018 collaboration EP called Acid Martyr, Martyr, I guess, with Bonmi. Uh, Bonim or Boninayim as one of the half of techno duo Anst Masri was often used on June 24th he posted a mental statement on Instagram addressing issues of mental and physical health okay so this might have been a self uh, an unaliving damn man he posted a statement that said these last three years was heavy very heavy and that always had thoughts to give up but I was blessed and lucky enough to have my family and friends and community supporting my ass. People that I will forever and ever be thankful for. Those of you who always been there for me, lifted me up and never let me, let me down. Thank you. The caption continued. For the past three months, I fully focused on my mental physical recovery. Without beautiful people around me, I know for a fact that this will never happen. And I was still down or maybe gave up on everything earlier. At this time, the cause death remains unknown. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so... um damn early this year gofundme campaign was set up by chaos london to raise funds for an operation that would bring back his hearing with a caption saying last november our friend oda masri founder of the palestinian electronic music label was dying with serious ear conditioning that friends to end his music career we started this campaign to raise three thousand to cover all that medical bills damn man r.i.p man r.i.p odds that's flipping or odds r.i.p odds or oods however you pronounce that name but r.i.p mostly or die massery tragic news really there to be honest and yeah thoughts of feelings go out to his family and friends at this flipping troubling troubling time next we move on to this news courtesy of mix mag regarding part life founder threatening to take legal action against the government for the drug testing u-turn this has been pretty odd to see to play out because effectively, if you don't know, the government basically agreed to this plan where they would have drug testing facilities at most festivals, the big ones across the UK. And the idea behind it was to basically, you know, for harm reduction and to obviously prevent, 
you know, widespread deaths that seem to happen every single year in festivals in the UK. Just the other day, actually in Grastonbury, two people there passed away, unfortunately. We don't know why it's the case, but for some reason, whenever we put on festivals in the UK, people tend to die. Um, and usually it seems to happen because they are taking messed up drugs that have been mixed with fentanyl or been boshed with all sorts of other shit. So if you have a drug testing facility at the festival, what would happen, you would imagine, is that number one, you'd hope it, that it would encourage people to test their drugs. So if they're bringing stuff with them, they would be kind of, you know, comforted in the knowledge that they can test you know have it tested anonymously without any repercussions and also you would hope secondly like a kind of cause of it would be that dealers who are flipping selling horrible fake shit would be a little bit dis you know not would, would, would be discouraged to go there and sell shit stuff because they know it's a drug tested facility and if one person fobs you out then you're basically fucked so that's what you'd hope would happen and essentially that would also go a long way to clean up the festivals but for some reason our government said no and then decided that hey these drug tested facilities aren't going to happen that way you have to then put a license through and whatnot and if you had to, and, and to apply for a license takes time and that time will then result in you not having the ability to have drug testing facilities at your flipping venue during the festivals which are happening over the next few weeks and months and stuff pretty weird to be fair it kind of feels like the government are purposely trying to encourage people to take shitty things in the hope that the deaths would eventually lead people to saying hey no more raves no more festivals because i feel like this country overall the uk is, is you know it's categorically bad vibes so i've always felt like to me in my heart of hearts i always felt like the uk in general would much rather it be rid of festivals and clubs overall they much prefer just have live shows here and there for the most part festivals of a type sim of a type of genre maybe festivals where only bands play and just loads of restaurants, but they don't want fucking clubs. They fucking hate it, which is why they, they do everything in their power to kind of, you know, work against clubs when they're trying to make things right or work against festivals trying to make things right. So I, I flipping hate it and it's freaking weird. So I credit Parklife Founder for doing this. So it's courtesy of uh, Mixmag. It says, Sasha Lord, who is an absolute legend, founder of Parklife, um, has written to the Home Secretary, Soella Braverman, um, sorry, Braverman, to protest the government's recent U-turn in regards to the on-site drug testing at festivals. Long-standing drug checking for Charity The Loop were recently told that they needed to apply for a specific license 48 hours before they were due to commence drug testing at Parklife. On June 8th, the Home Office announced that the on-site drug testing at festivals required at controlled dogs license and for testing to occur at the name permanent premises rather than pop-up tents or festival sites so going against everything they agreed prior licenses could take up to 16 weeks to be approved motherfuckers and the loop could not host the services this year's festival marking the first time in 10 years such dog so such drug testing services um, have been found to increase the safety and well-being of festival goers as drugs can be tested without persecution or judgment front of house testing services as offered by the loop across prior pandemic allowed um attendees to submit their own drugs for testing and receive tailored results back those such personalized strands of drug checking are no longer available back of house testing has been proven just as effective if unknown substances were identified or dangerously high dose of a drug was found in the tested item a push notification would be sent to all festival goers warning them to stay clear of the drug so clearly this is a good incentive right you get a really highly dosed punisher pill and you get a couple of 18 year olds on their first festival out 
maybe with no food in their belly, just drinking, it'll send an alert to everybody. Hey, be careful with this pill. If you're going to take it, break it into quarters or something, or just don't do it anymore and take something that's lower, lower dose. Or if something's been cut to shit and it's dangerous and harmful, don't take this, throw it in the bin. Those things are really important because it could really help to save lives because it seems like every year there's a fucking unnecessary death of a young person at a festival and it's always tragic man um these operation uh, this these operation on a cross sorry these operate on the cross agency basis which means information about the circulation of dangerous substances can be passed between nearby festivals police uh, police services and medical services this makes the treatment uh, provided by medical professionals when dealing with drug related instances much more effective as they already be aware of the drug's chemical composition last year testing at the loop helped raise the alarm about dangerously strong ecstasy pills at park life secret garden um the nta and such a lord have now instructed the legal teams um to write a request for a digital review in response to home office actions the letter calls for an immediate reversal of the june announcement and for previously agreed arrangements to be reinstated legal action is threatened if the government fails to provide a response by july 7th wow Big up Sasha Lord, man. Sasha Lord is fucking putting his foot on their necks. And it's really, really appreciated. Big up Sasha Lord. He's always fighting the good fight for the dance music, electronic music scene, and just doing what needs to be done. And he's somebody that should be flipping having a job as being the fucking London mayor. Not this flipping poxy Amy Lammy. It actually should be fucking someone like Sasha Lord. He's an absolute G. It continues. The latest states, um, state, sorry, that the despite home office denial, it is well aware that on the site drug test has been taking place at festivals across country since 2014 it has a response to the digital culture and media sports select committee report on the future uk festivals president august 2021 um, the government said it will continue to support back of house testing on substances that have been seized as this van provided um, useful intelligence and enable other partners to implement harm reduction measures michael kill ceo of ntia states the home office must reverse their decision for 2023 and consider the true impact of drawing a practice which has been operating safely in some regions for 10 years with the knowledge and support of the police and local authorities the festivals and event sector extremely hard um work to ensure the festivals goers are kept safe and rely heavily on back of house testing without this facility we are putting people's lives at risk leaving considerable void in the drug intelligence for police and medical support services on the ground for the rest of 2023 and such a lord said the home office must put an end to the reckless disregard for the safety of the festival goers and reinstate the existing memorandum uh, of the understanding and immediate effect the industry works tirelessly to ensure we do everything possible to safeguard the public if the home office continues not to support us in this vital work we will be left with no other choice but to call for a full investigation and consultation so big up such a lord big up park life big up michael kill for ntia let's reverse that decision asap and let's make sure we keep these pill popping kids and adults safe at festivals thank you very much keep them safe i've had enough of this i hate it keep them blood clart safe moving on from that we have news here courtesy of mix mag regarding boomtown um one of the surprise guests there is going to be prodigy that should be flipping amazing actually imagine that i always wanted to go to boomtown to be fair um i'm always i'm actually thinking of going to that festival in amsterdam so maybe that's why i won't go to boomtown and because boomtown is kind of expensive um i think the festival in amsterdam i could get the ticket 
and a tent for the same price of just a ticket to go to Boontown. So it's pretty crazy. Um, UK festivals are fucking expensive, but they are good value for money because you do get to have a flipping amazing time. The lineups are always stacked. The experience is always live. Um, for what I've heard, Boomtime has a really good um, crowd too. It varies in ages and scenes and stuff. And it's always a bit of a lit vibe. So I probably should be looking into going to there at one point in time. But the article says as follows. Boomtown just confirmed that the Prodigy will appear as a special guest at this year's festival. The Wichita-based festival um, confirmed the news yesterday, June 29th, alluding to the booking being the result of a decade-long pursuit to get the breakbeat pioneers to Boomtown due to unprecedented demand. Taking place August 9 to 13, the Prodigy will help Boomtown celebrate its 15th year this year by closing the Grand Central stage on Sunday. The typical Boomtown fashion, this year's festival was given a particular theme, which was surely influenced much of the 60,000 capacity events, um, set dressing, chapter two, the twin trial. The appearance marks Prodigy's first Winchester since 1992's Epochal Vision Ray Festival in Popham Airfield. The electronic outfit is set to play headline sets a number of festivals this summer, both in the UK and further afield. Uh, Boomtown said that he had been trying to keep their new guests under wraps, revealing in a press release that the festival guards and secrecy of its live full lineup with the big reveal happening shortly before the event kicks off, but had teased the booking across social media in recent weeks. That's pretty heavy, isn't it, to imagine that. imagine people going to a festival not knowing who's on the lineup because part of the beauty of going to a festival is that you get more bang for your buck you get a lineup of like a hundred people but then you're only paying like 200 pounds so effectively you get to see all these amazing acts who would cost you way more than 200 pounds to see individually for far less over there and of course you get the camping experience meet new people bloody blah 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 so the fact that they're able to sell out a festival like that with no lineup being revealed is crazy good co-founder luke mitchell said the prodigy's energy and immense production value and influence in the rave scene make them the perfect match for boomtown and i'm over the moon they've been able to finally get this nailed down and can now share the exciting news the prodigy are the most boomtown band on the planet catch the legendary electropunk uh, fusion band at mail street hampshire um the final phase of tickets can be accessed here if i'm not mistaken the fit tickets when i checked them last they were like 400 pounds or something so it's not the fucking cheapest festival in the world actually and it actually makes it difficult to make sense that it's a good place to go to especially with all the other places in europe that do sick festivals also um but let me just double check here i'm pretty sure it was like 400 or something okay sold out there let's see what phases they've got they've got that phase uh da, 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 da. let's do that one let's do green transport phase three i think that basically means green transport is that you're basically agreeing to travel as far as you can on public transport which is pretty crazy to be completely fair but where is it can i see it duh, 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 duh. let's say paying for let's go there and see how much tickets are but i'm pretty sure they're like 400 or something maybe i was mistaken let's see how much boomtown tickets were barbara come on give it to me let's see what the vibe is what how much damage is this gonna be uh 270 actually cheaper than i thought but if i'm not mistaken the one i'm meant to be going to in amsterdam is like 170 or something stupid like that let me just double check that but i'm pretty sure it is um am uh, was it no is it die damo something right damo damorphin is it damorphin damorphin festival is that what it's called i keep forgetting the fucking name actually myself which is really bad to be fair because i actually want to go and i'll keep forgetting the name of it 
but let me see what it's called um no it's not is it, what's it called again oh shit is it amorphine or something is that what it's called amorphine nope it's not called amorphine let me just check my thing maybe i have it somewhere listed on here what's it called there we go it's called dre molin fucking hell there we go thank you chat thank you charlie dublin it's called dre molin <laughs> imagine saying you really want to go to a festival and you can't remember the name that's a proper brendan shaw thing there to say in it <laughs> i really want to go but i can't remember the name of it <laughs> great festival never met him you know <laughs> great festival have never been uh, let me see here what the tickets are saying here i've actually got it up on here there we go dre molen festival in the good old amsterdam oh it's not really amsterdam it's kind of outside of amsterdam um it's this place called tilburg if i'm not mistaken so there it is let's see how much the flipping tickets are for this i'm pretty sure it's like 170 last time i checked but let me just double check again just to make doubly sure if boomtown is a viable option but boomtown's 270 and it's not no travel for the sake of it you know what i mean um yeah so regular tickets are weekend tickets let's see we don't want friday tickets that's boring wow 110 euros 115 euros only that's fucking brilliant isn't it for a festival just outside of Amsterdam in September too. So you get plenty of time to save money if that's the thing. And also, even the camping tickets aren't too shabby. Last time I checked, the camping tickets were decent. So you can have that camping ticket for 51 euros. Or you can have camping accommodation, which I'll probably end up getting. Because I'm fucking, you know. Oh, no, the teepees are done. See? Shit. Okay, cool. So I guess I have to bring my own tent. <laughs> Oopsie! No fucking accommodation for me. Because they, they had these little teepee options that you could do. But I guess I have to bring my own tent and fucking put that up, which is absolutely, you know, not something that I want to do in the slightest in a way. But hey, definitely might have to give it a go. So yeah, 115 euros to go to Draymolin or 280 to go to fucking Boomtown. As much as I love Boomtown, I've already made my choice. I've already made my choice. Moving on from that, we have this news, courtesy of Amsterdam, the school. It is this. They've announced their last ever summer program. So it's not the last ever program ever, ever, because they've still got the year to go, because I think it's going to close, if I'm not mistaken. Is it 2020? Yes, it's 2024. So the last date is 2024, January. So I need to actually go. I'm actually thinking to go to Amsterdam the end of July. That's actually my, my plan at the moment to kind of go there and see Wild Guan at the end of July and see, catch a vibe and shit, um, and pretty decently. But Jesus Christ, the accommodation in Amsterdam is so expensive. It's even more expensive than Berlin. It's actually quite insane. The flights from London are pretty cheap. You can get an EasyJet flight from anywhere between like 50 pounds to 100. So it's not too shabby. But the accommodation I've seen for just a weekend trip is like in the free 400s. Airbnbs are super pricey. Um, all the Airbnbs looks like they're on the outskirts. I think there's probably some sort of stipulation or some sort of law they put into effect where they limit the amount of tourists that can stay in the city center. So a lot of the Airbnbs are like on the outside. You have to kind of travel in, but they're still pretty pricey it's pretty nuts to be fair there's not a lot as well available on there it kind of reminds you a lot of the airbnb market um for berlin stuff personally um i thought berlin's fairly reasonable price place now berlin is reasonably berlin is a bit of a honey dick because berlin once you're there is really really cheap 
Like you could, if you want, eat for basically five euros a day, like including breakfast. You could easily, literally eat for five euros a day, including breakfast if you wanted to. But it's the accommodation, I feel like it's still a bit pricey. It's basically 90 euros per night for a decent location. But sometimes it goes up to about 200 euros. And for the time I used to go, you could get really big apartments for like 50 euros a night. So that's why sometimes I'd be always booking myself a nice little, you know, um, a nice little flat to myself. I'd even bring my streaming equipment with me and stream a couple of days because the fucking, you know, the houses were cheap and it was super big. But nowadays, you know, even a room, a private room in Berlin is pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty crazy to get a private room in Berlin um, is really expensive. The last time I went, I think I paid like, 290 euros or something maybe nearly 300 euros for just a couple of days or something it was not even that long of a trip and i was staying in the room of somebody's house you know what i mean i didn't even have the whole house to myself so that's why nowadays when i'm going i just would rather save up the extra money and just book a fucking hotel because another thing that i kind of seen that i've started to not like is the whole like exchange thing with keys and meeting up and stuff it just gets annoying so if you can because in my opinion i don't think there's any difference really between airbnbs and hotels in terms of price nowadays unless you go to some far-flung location most of the locations in europe they're all basically been jacked up in prices because you know maybe because of the pandemic and everyone rushing to go on holiday and stuff so it makes that a little bit crazy so that's a little bit annoying but overall um, I tend to now just save up the money and just go to hotels because usually you can get a decent hotel for the same amount of price and you also don't have to ha worry about exchanging keys, going through that awkward Airbnb high and whatnot and having small chat with people in their homes, all that nonsense, which is not a bad thing, but if you can avoid it and you've got the money, why not? Um, so I'm going to see, but I've definitely got Amsterdam on my flipping calendar for the end of July. But back to the news. Amsterdam The School announces last ever summer program. So the legendary club over there in Amsterdam The School which I've been told by some people who are right and I respect their opinion on techno and clubs. They've told me that the school might be better than Bergheim. Some of them have even said to me that the actual vibe in there is better. The scene is better than Berlin, which I'm really not too sure I can believe because, you know, Berlin is basically Hollywood of the fucking techno scene right it's where it kind of it basically lives and breathes people take it a little bit too seriously over there but it's still an amazing vibe especially for the weekend but i'm eager to see if that's true is it really true that the fucking vibes in fucking amsterdam are immaculate i'm eager to check it out so it says um the school has revealed its details of its final run um translating to the summer nights the parties will take place on fridays and saturdays across july and august the lineups are tba but some of the co-creators include brussels station kiosk radio techno promoter disturbia and fellow amsterdam club pamela the school reopened for the first time in more than two years last September for a 16-month run. It is therefore set to close for good in January 2024. It's really sad it's closing for good after everything that's happened. You would have hoped they would have been able to ride the storm and keep it going. I wonder why it's deciding to close for good. I wonder it's because of just the hassle of what happened last time with all the controversy around the discrimination and racism and abuse and bullying and blah, blah, blah that was going on and representation. I wonder if it's to do with that or is it to do with the fact that the business of clubs is just hard 
uh, to kind of maintain a nightclub, even in a popping city like Amsterdam. I'm not really too sure, but it would be nice to kind of keep it around because, you know, it's basically in a form of school. So the fucking architecture of it is ridiculously unique. So is the fucking acoustics, I'd imagine, because I'd Im- I remember one time I went to this amazing house party for Halloween many, many years ago, and it was hosted in the former flipping primary school. And let me tell you, I've not heard better sound in a house party, quote unquote, ever in my entire life. And why was that? Because most of the, you know, all of the flipping, the entire building, the floors were basically laminated wood wood flooring. The really thick kind, the really thick old kind of primary school kind, right? And the sound was just bouncing off of those flipping floors and the walls. It was incredibly warm and rich in there, to be honest. And I wonder if that's the, if that's the deal with the school also. So it would be nice to see that sort of place hang around for longer. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Um, so here we go. We got the text here courtesy of the school amsterdam's instagram account it says we're welcoming international djs and local regulars into the club as well as co-creators with collectives organizations and labels with exciting weekly steady um instead of so monthly lineup um, of announcements throughout the summer months keep an eye on our socials and websites tickets go on sale on 12th of friday 23rd of the 6th so yeah check it out loads of nights there to go to i'm probably gonna end up going from one of these events here on the friday or the saturday check it in i'm actually decide to actually if i can't afford the accommodation i might actually do a thing what people some people do which is really crazy but i might do it because you know amsterdam isn't too far from london i think it's like an hour trip on the plane i might do that thing where you fly in really early on the friday you stay out all day getting crazy doing your tourist shit when the party happens at night you stay out you party and then you take the first flight back home on the saturday morning bit brutal a bit crazy but that might, that might have to be a vibe or maybe get a, a bed for the night on the saturday and then check out sunday morning i'm not too sure i might have to see what one but that might be an option to kind of figure it out so i can have the experience to go because i really want to see what the vibe is like because i've been meaning to go to the school for a while i've covered it on the pod for a long time i know a lot of its history how it's founded a lot of the interviews behind it i've read and stuff but i really want to touch and feel it with me on hands at some point so hopefully that happens but yeah the school last ever summer program there check it out make sure you check it in if you are that way inclined if you are that way inclined Big up the stream chat. Big up everybody chat hanging in there. Appreciate all of you here. I see ya. I see ya. La Lux, Natashki. Big up, big up, big up. Um, what are you guys saying here? Small talk with the homeowners, the worst. It's like, hi, bye. Wish you weren't here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, typically, typically, if I can afford it, I will usually just book the whole apartment personally if i can afford it um there have been times where you book sometimes an airbnb with a private room and the person is hardly there or sometimes they're never there like but they don't want to advertise as a free home so they'll say they're there but they actually don't live there which has happened to me a couple of times so that can happen but for the most part if you're an airbnb type of person right usually you know how to handle the small talk you don't need to kind of have chats with everybody because you know some people just want to get in and get out and stuff so it's been quite nice in that regard but i think usually i'm the best guest to be honest because i stay out the whole day i come back really late i sleep i wash i shower i go out like i'm not cooking anything that's some people will go to airbnbs and they start cooking in the kitchen and shit right that's weird i'm not doing that i'm not cooking in their kitchen i'm literally just in there to like sleep piss shit shower and that's it that's it nothing else needed whatsoever um so that makes it a far better proposition if you want me involved 
Next here, we've got this unfortunate news here, courtesy of RA. It says, UK Festival High Rise has been cancelled after a sexual assault emerge against the founder. Why does this always seem to happen, man? There is something about electronic music, dance music, rave culture, club nights, um, festival scenes that seem to attract these sussy characters, isn't it? So, for instance, he's probably done loads of good. Loads of good by providing this platform, providing a space for people to perform, providing a space for people to go and dance, have a good time, let their hair down, local community stuff, blah, blah, blah. But then in the background, all this sussy shit is happening. All this sexual assault allegation stuff is brewing in the back. All of this stuff is happening that most likely people within the inner circles who work there probably had an inkling because it always like that it's never something out of the blue it's always like oh yeah this guy always gave me the creeps this guy was always like that da, 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 da. it's never a surprise which is really the side part about these sort of stories it's never like oh my god i can't believe he or she did that it's always a yeah that was bound to happen you know what i mean kind of thing which is make which is super super upsetting and the obviously the people that hurt the most off the back of this are the performers especially the people who maybe didn't have that many gigs on their fucking calendar for the summer this is their one big gig they've got um the one big opportunity they've got to flip in you know make some money to maybe get some exposure and then the fucking founder gets caught you know doing some madness and then now the whole festival is done for absolutely madness man so let's um continue here it says UK Festival High Rise has been cancelled after allegations of sexual assault emerged involving its organiser Guy Hughes. Unfortunate, unfortunate. Anyone with two first names anyway, it's always sounding a bit sussy. You know what I mean? When you have two first names, it always sounds a bit weird. Resident Advisor has confirmation that the September festival is no longer going ahead. Artists included Irritation Steppers, um, Abashanti, Channel One Sound System um, started dropping out earlier this week. Ticket holders also began to demand refunds after seeing Hughes' Instagram post in response to the allegations which were circulating online but have since been deleted. Oh, I wish I could see it, man. It says in the post, which has also been taken down, Hughes said that there'd been a lot, there'd been a lot of exasperating rumors around um, and virtue signaling. Yo, imagine being assaulted. Imagine being accused, sorry, of sexual assault and you come out saying there's been a lot of rumors going around and virtue signaling. First of all, attack the fucking allegations. Attack the allegations head on. I've always said like those type of things you don't play, play, play with. You don't do semantic games. You don't try and troll back. If you legitimately think you're innocent, you have to attack that shit head on. Like attack it head on. And if in this case, if you're a leader and you're doing this fucking festival, what you do is that you say, hey, I'm taking these allegations really seriously, but for the betterment of the festival and to make sure that I can, you know, provide this space for these artists to perform and obviously a festival for my customers and partners to go to, I'm going to step aside from future goings on for the festival and let so-and-so manage it. I have no involvement and I'll deal with this issue and make sure it comes to a conclusion, whatever it may be, right? But remove yourself and say that you're addressing it. So that the festival can continue, people can get paid, everyone can have a good time with the knowledge that they're not supporting somebody that's been accused of sexual assault. You know what I mean? That should be the good way to kind of lead, right, in that respect. Not fucking trying to troll back and stuff. Like, that's mad. It says here, I made a mistake and want to hold myself accountable for misjudging a matter of consent with my partner at the time. I believe what... I believe that when you're in a long-term relationship, consent can become a gray area. No, it's not. Yo, yo, this sounds like Chris D'Elia, mate. 
This this sounds like Chris D'Elia. This is not a red flag. This is a fucking red fucking what you call it? Um, Mexican wave or whatever in a fucking stadium. This is crazy. Long-term relationship consent can become a gray area. And as a society, we need to have more open conversation. Fuck off. Imagine getting accused of fucking sexual assault and now you're trying to give me, as a society, comments. We don't need to have a wider conversation. I don't have to have a wider conversation because I'm not out here fucking assaulting anybody. I'm not out here diddling anybody. I'm not out here doing anything to no one. I'm, I'm minding my business. So you need to have your conversation with yourself, my guy. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Holy smokes. Among the acts to pull out this week um, were Bristol crew Worm Disco Club, who issued a statement yesterday, said to due a lack of action from the director of High Rise Festival and subsequent censoring of comments regarding allegations of sexual assault, we have decided to pull out. Okay, cool. So it looks like they were giving him a chance to fucking, you know, get it right. They were looking for a chance so they can continue doing it because clearly if this is one person being as bad as it is and no one wants to fucking support abusers, assaulters, rapers, diddlers, no one wants to abuse or support them. But if it's just one person being accused of that thing, there is a situation or scenario where you can put that person to one side, let them deal with their madness. If it eventually comes to pass that they're guilty, kick them out of it, pass it off to good hands and then continue rolling on. That's what should be happening. That's why I was surprised that when Crossbreed, that King Party, went down because the founder got accused of madness as well. I would assume because Crossbreed's brand was so strong and heavy, and to be honest, even though Kiwi is a big part of Crossbreed, it was kind of a thing that exists on its own. It didn't really need, you know, it didn't really kind of, it wasn't really something that was, you know, was intrinsically tied to him. They could have easily reinvented it and kind of had it just live, live on its own. Which, while surprised, they completely just killed the whole thing after he got accused of what he got accused of. Maybe the momentum went, maybe as well, you have to also consider, which I didn't think of, maybe a lot of the people who are involved with that thing, with that collective of people, maybe some of them are victims of assault and shit. So if you're a victim of assault and stuff, there is no real explanation that's ever going to make you cool with somebody that's been accused of it, right? You're never going to be cool. You're always going to be aware, a bit wary of them. You're always going to feel a bit uncomfortable. So maybe in that regard, just killing it and moving on is the best way to go about things. But I want to quickly check out their Instagram, actually, and see Wagwan, because this should be interesting to see if they're still flipping, deleting comments and shit, because that's something they've been accused of. Because that's what happens all the time. People kind of do get caught in the madness and they'll end up just like turning off all the comments on all the fucking posts because they don't like hearing feedback. So let's see what happens here. So the first post, there's no comments enabled there. Second one, there's comments enabled and the third one there is. So let's see the second post because obviously they disabled comments on the other one. And let's see what people are saying there because this may give us an idea on what the current temperature is because this sounds weird because from the looks and the sounds of it, it's like one of his, form or his former partner accuse the guy of something untoward and then i guess that got out and then i guess people didn't like his response <laughs> and the fact that he did what he did or is accused of and they decided to fucking jump so um well uh and i also like the fact that the customers are demanding refunds that's actually quite encouraging do you know what i mean that shows that there are fans out there that just can't they won't stand for shit like this like you know what fuck this um, give me a refund. I'm not supporting you. So this person says, I need my refund now. The link comments is, comments is censoring. Another one says, are you going to continue deacting comments? Six days ago, consent is a great area. It's a long-term relationship. It's a red flag, this person says. High-rise is shit. 
just lock the festival off you waste man okay cool maybe i misread the situation for the for the most part it looks like the fans were not having it because in my head i'm thinking if this one person being accused of what they've been accused of there is a scenario where you can maybe hand it over to somebody else while that person gets dealt with legally in their own way whatever on the side but i guess the fans are like nah 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 nah, nah. where's the message about your ex and consent you know, you know, festival locations can be such a great area. Hello, Hosiba said. Um, what more comments here? Could you ping me to also, it says here, what happens? What's happening with our money? People don't want to give money to a rapist. Wow. So clearly people are pissed off and not liking it in the slightest. So um, yeah, it's been cancelled for now anyway. So it's not happening. And let's continue here. It says here earlier this week, um, Sanai Sound System and Channel One Sound System, who both issued non-expired statements via Instagram, um, now expired. What's a non-expired? Oh, I guess on Instagram stories. Um, also pulled out. Um, another artist who also cancelled spoke anonymously. Why are you going to speak anonymously about cancelling your appearance at a festival where the guy's been accused of rape? <laughs> Some people, people in the scene are such pussies, man. Put your fucking name to it, man. Put a fucking name on it. Don't be scared. They said they'd heard about all this happening and a couple of months ago, there were rumours and speculation then. I wasn't going to pull out based on that. But then with a the statement that was made, it confirms those rumours and statements. I can't condone that behaviour. I refuse to make money for a man who sexually assaults people. It ain't right. That's a fairly decent statement. Why wouldn't you want to put your name towards that? Strange. At the same time, ticket holders began demanding refunds. Ben France was one of them. I literally came back from Glastonbury and couldn't wait for high rise in September. That's until I saw his statement. But even before he made his statement, people were saying he should step down and address sexual assault allegations. Bro, this refund may fucking bankrupt him as well. That's a mad thing as well because some of these festivals are always running on a fucking, you know, they're running on a fucking tight string. You know what I mean? Like they're really, 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 really going right to the edge each festivals and sometimes some of them aren't even breaking even. So if everyone demands refunds and there's no money coming in, that could spell the end. Um, he said, another person said here, saying it's all virtue signaling is, and the consent is a great area that women work at festivals to ensure safety and that he's stopped drinking so others should too are obviously very inappropriate things to admit to. What? Saying it's all virtue signaling, that consent is a great area, that women work at festivals to ensure safety, and that he stopped drinking. <laughs> Yo, this guy sounds like a fucking psycho. Speaking to RA, Hugh said he now regrets what he wrote, and there are parts of that post that I regret or would reword. <laughs> you you think you think so, Guy Jones or Guy Greg or whatever your fucking name is. What's his name? Two first names? Guy Hugh, sorry, Guy Jones, Guy Greg, Guy Gog. Um, it continues, a comment left by High Rise official Facebook page confirmed the festival is currently processing refunds. It was used to take place from September the 7th to 11th in Huntington on the site famously used number festival secret garden party. So yeah, gr the great area is your festival is done for. Most likely you are done for. And yeah, man, you could have done this. You could have dealt with this in a far better way and still probably not had to fucking go bankrupt. That's the crazy thing. You could have obviously still had the mark of being a fucking abuser on your fucking name, which is never going to come off. Cool. But you could have handed over the reins to somebody whilst you're doing whatever you need to do on the side. And then that festival could have continued going on and whatnot. But then he decided to put out a really ill-timed, ill-advised fucking statement, riled everybody. And then the fans decided, you know what? We're not supporting you. Go get fucked. And they would have funded refunds. And now he's out on his ass. So 
absolute tragic. And again, my thoughts and feelings mostly go out to the fucking artists because they're all probably banking on this. Festivals, you know, are a good platform for people to promote themselves, get paid um, and whatnot. Keep themselves busy, especially during festival season. If you're a proper artist, probably a lot of you are feeling FOMO from not being able to fucking perform in places. You know, some people are performing and having gigs. You're not. It must feel a bit shitty. So when you do get a gig, it's probably so, so gratifying. And then to finally have that gig come around, you're feeling good about it. And then now it's not happening. It's absolute shame, man. Really, really, really shame. I feel for everybody connected with it. Um, and yeah, man, I hope it kind of gets sorted out in a right manner sometime soon because it's not fair for the artists that they have to suffer. And you just wish one of these guys who gets accused of this stuff, who's like a head of a label, head of a festival or whatever, will just be sensible enough to kind of step to one side and say, you know what? I'm going to let this thing go on and I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to hamper the people on the label's ability to make money or to share their fucking art. You'd hope that would happen. Just one time these guys would do that, but they don't. They just burn everything down. Everyone gets fucked over because of their supposed inability to discern what consent is, to keep their hands to themselves and all that fucking good stuff. It's really, really frustrating, man. It must be so annoying as an artist to see that sort of stuff happen. It must be so frustrating. You kind of want to work out, want to make sense of it. And here are these people just being absolute pieces of crap and not basically doing the right thing by you and kind of making it work in that regard. It's really, really flipping annoying. And I can't flipping help that. But hey, what can you do? Big up Hyde F10. I just started running. What's your secret to being such a great athlete? <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Big up Hyde. Big up Hyde F10. Get fucked. But thank you for the $5 super chat. <laughs> oh, you guys, man. You guys are really, really mean. <laughs> That's basically it. You guys are really, really, really mean. Okay? Really mean. But um, good luck with your running high def 10. You don't need any help from me because I'm not an athlete. But yeah, big up you and big up for the tease. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, man. I've got the meanest chat on the internet. I swear to God. I have the meanest chat on fucking YouTube, the meanest chat on social media, the meanest chat in podcasting worlds, the meanest chat ever. You guys do not let me live. You guys do not let me live. Anyways, you know what? That's it for now, mate. For the Action Zing Show episode number 691. Thanks again for tuning in. Been a pleasure to have your company. Thank you for the chat for hanging in there with me. Appreciate every single one of you in the stream chat. Big up everybody listening to this after the fact. Appreciate all of you also. And if it's your first time check out the show and you want more information regarding myself, make sure you click the links in the description. You've got a link to my website, www.agostinozinga.com. You've got links to my podcasting or podcast website so you can get a list of all the episodes and all that malarkey, um, which is www.agostino, or sorry, www.diagostinozingashow, all one word, dot com, www.diagostinozingashow dot com yeah big up uh crash 984 Good to see you back live doing your thing groove yes big up crash appreciate you friend appreciate you um but yeah big up big up the website check out my website um check it out the link is in the description if you want to check out things regarding myself links to my soundcloud all that good stuff i've got an actual long mix i've got a long dj mix happening um 
probably tomorrow. A nice long mix. So if you want to see me play and DJ, that'll be happening sometime tomorrow on my YouTube channel. So click over there and check that out. You can find my YouTube channel by typing in my name, Agostino Zinger, into YouTube. And the first one that comes up there, you'll see my big shiny face. So click there if you want to find it. But for now, if you're listening to the show via the audio podcast, you will hear my tune of the day playing underneath. If you're watching like me in front of you right now. You won't hear jack shit. It will just fade to black. And I'll see you all guys again very, very soon. But for now, take care. Be safe, my friends. Peace. One good thing about music when it hits you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say one good thing about music when it hits you. Hit me with music. Hit me with Kingston.